0: Everyone and welcome to this week's post-holiday Happy New Year edition of Banner and the Blue Uh I'm Mike Murphy uh, at Dig Deep BSB on Twitter. I'm joined, as always, by the lovely Hawaiian shirt-wearing in my heart, Tom Erch, Jr. And that is what he is on Twitter too. I need a new Twitter handle, Tom. Uh, I need something professional. Otherwise, I'll never get verified. And then, how do I love myself?
1: Well, you should love yourself always and we'll have to come up because I thought like at one point we were like debating this offline of what we should have as your handle. Because like I know I think my first Twitter handle was like at Tomerch Jr. underscore NYR or something like that. Um, there was a it's couple of dope well yeah and there was like a couple of like startup sites that like went absolutely nowhere i think like one was like sports haze and one was like gack sports or whatever and i like did GAC. think where you want to have like the uh the organization in your handle so it was like yeah you know. like so, dig deep bsp well yeah well that's a fit for you and i think like the dig deep part like what i think of that i just think of like coach Buke. like oh pucks in deep gotta work along the boards and uh just dig deep and uh i think for you and especially now that you've sort of made this i don't even honestly made a pivot but you're doing all this work in data with uh women's hockey like you are literally digging deep for this information and it just fits you
0: the problem is there's too many goddamn mike murphys in the world
1: yeah i don't have that problem with my last name Mm. um
0: Although Let's I do get the, the Utz potato chips. That's yes. Only, that's all, your only competition is potato chip.
1: Well, I am like a potato chip, you know, like human couch potato. But
0: What's your favorite potato chip?
1: My favorite potato chip um, is uh, mesquite barbecue.
0: That's a great answer. Uh, I like Cape Cod. I like the crunch and like the subgenre is actually also mesquite barbecue. One day, oh. after all this is over, Tom, we'll get a family sized bag of mesquite barbecue chips, and we'll open both ends, and we'll let our hands meet in the middle,
1: <laughs> like you know, sort of like uh, like the hand on the Sistine Chapel, just you know.
0: Yeah, it's like a little bit, a little bit of that, a little bit of Lady and the Tramp. Uh, <laughs> yes, we'll find each other through the grease and, and flavor seasonings. Yeah yo! Know, I always feel bad about myself when I come out of the chip bag and there's seasoning on my knuckles. And it only gets there, I know, because I've gone so hard after those last couple little shards of chip. You've dug deep. Yeah, I, d- I dug deep, exactly. So, um, yeah, we were just actually on Blue Shirts Breakaway with Ryan and Greg. Uh, I'm of the opinion... You should consume all Rangers content, especially content done by good people. And Ryan and Greg are good people. So give their show a listen and uh, follow them both on Twitter. I know, like, you know, mostly just Greg is on. The Blue Shirts Breakaway accountant, and Ryan, of course, is the, the head of a, of a church, the Church of Capo So, um, Orion Mead, I believe, is the Twitter handle. But we had fun talking a little bit about camp, and uh, we don't want to go over too much of what we talked about there here, Tom, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of little, little nuggets and jingles and little sprinkles of things that happened, um, since last we talked because we took Christmassy new year's time off and how dare we yeah how dare we right uh but we have a lot of things to talk about the first of which is something we did talk a bit about with with Ryan and Greg but I'd like to just chat with you about it specifically is why did it take this long for the rangers to move D'Angelo to the left side and is it a good thing and is Tom happy that it's D'Angelo and uh, Truba entering camp
1: yeah it's, um, it's weird and, uh, it's kind of funny cause I, let's see, I, I want to make sure I have the right tweet. Um, I saw, um, oh man, I gotta, let's see. All right, there it is. So Dave from blue seat blogs, um, it was actually almost a year to the day. So it was on January 2nd, 2020, he had wrote a post about it's time for the Rangers to embrace, you know, an off-handed pair of defensemen. And he suggests moving Tony D'Angelo to the left. And then during the summer, uh, which might have been Tony, might not have been, it was from the watcher tone uh podcast twitter like yeah we've seen the articles left side flat cap yada 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 we're shocked you want them to move left um and then lo and behold d'angelo's you know first guy up in the shoot um (laughs) my yeah so like my whole thing was that basically I, I really don't see what the whole hell of blue is having left-handed defenseman on the left, right-handed defenseman on the right, except for when you're in the offensive zone in a face-off situation and like the best example I can give. And it's, it's a little, little far back, but the Rangers infamous playoff win against Washington when they tied it uh, with, you know, 6.6 seconds left. And then, In overtime, Mark Stahl scores a goal um, to win it. And what the Rangers did on that faceoff play is they had switched the defenders so that they were in a position. You win the faceoff and you can get a shot off, and it worked. So I can understand that logic. Like I know you you see it a lot on like the power play where okay we're gonna have plays
0: off faceoffs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but when it comes to like defensive zone coverage, really, it's like okay, everyone has an assignment. You know, whether it's like you're looking at it from like your know, F one, F two, F three, and you get this person, and if you know, don't want to go like all you know like John Madden like explaining like oh you got to do this blocking and tackling. But to me, I don't see the big deal and the only potential positive I can see because defending is not his strong suit. And like, that's not just like a way to slag him because he does bring a lot of things offensively is that they can benefit from having him with Truba, who obviously really good shot offensive minded defenseman is you have someone like Tony that can move the puck up the ice that can skate the puck up the ice. Then when it's time to leave the zone, it's not just leaving Jacob to like, you know what, I need to rim it out or I need to, um, you know, skate it up a little bit, find someone who can, you know, scoot it on up. So it'll give them opportunities to have a different look. But, um, Tommy yeah, I, I think it's fine, but I'm, I'd rather, uh, like, that's not the thing I'm most excited about. Like, I would be excited if, if they said, you know what, um, we're going to give like, Keandre Miller a look in uh, the left side and, you know, one of the top two pairings by putting him, whether it's with Truva as the the veteran or whether it's like, let's have a lot of fun and just do Fox and uh, Miller. But uh, we shall see camp has just begun. And uh,
0: there we go. Yeah. That's the other part of this is camp has just begun. You know, we we know laugh is starting uh, with Heedle and with Julian Gauthier which is also really fun, but again, it's camp. Things can change, uh, the lines can change, and all of that. And it is worth pointing out that camp is pretty darn short because we're recording this on January fourth, Tom. That means the NHL season is uh, is a week and a half away. <laughs> I mean, the Rangers are ten days away, but uh, yeah that is just bonkers to me that it's actually here and that this is going on. Um, Like I mentioned, uh, you know, the other thing we could talk about is Lafreniere um, being on the third line, but we actually talked a lot about that with Ryan and Greg, but I was actually looking forward to talking to you specifically diving a little bit deeper into uh, the fourth line. And, you know, we talked a bit uh, with Ryan and Greg about, specifically brett howden and his future with his team and his role and how it's a wonderful thing that perhaps he's not the uh third line right winger but more interesting to me is who actually ends up on this fourth line um like to me i feel like the only guy who's kind of uh, you know like a guarantee is brendan the mew i just feel like brendan the mew will be the right winger on that fourth line um but beyond that it's it's kind of a toss-up even it looks like Brett Howard might be competing for his roster spot
1: it certainly feels to me that they have so many guys in camp that they're just looking for someone to push through and make it like obviously with the taxi squad they have a lot of flexibility of being able to have players who otherwise would be in Hartford to start um but, like, your, your Justin Richards's, your Patrick Kotarenkos, Austin Rushoffs, uh, Morgan Barron. You have so many guys, like, just from the prospect perspective, and then you go into, you know, Gabriel Fontaine or Phil Giuseppe who was on the roster last year or Johnny Brzezinski, Colin Blackwell, um, and then uh, Kevin Rooney, the guys that they signed uh, at the beginning of free agency. There's just so many opportunities for almost new blood to see what they can do um and given the nature of having a pretty um condensed schedule although in the case of the rangers i think they have the fewest back to backs in the league and obviously it's it's not really intense travel you know they go um as far north as buffalo and they'll obviously go out to um pittsburgh and you know go down to washington but they're they're not covering A lot of ground so it's not like fatigue is going to be a thing and you're going to be situations where okay you are playing in a city but you're going to play either back-to-back twice you're going to play have a day off and all that um but it just seems to me that they're at least creating the illusion of well we had everyone in camp we gave them an equal opportunity to show what they can do um and so and so just happened to be the best player or the best fit it's not this um like years past where the camp invite is someone like maxim lapierre who like oh this is the competition uh <laughs> yeah. you know ryan malone or whatever like it's, these guys don't really have a oh, shot man
0: ryan malone wow i haven't thought about ryan malone in a long time i actually think you're you make a really good point there with uh it's, it almost seems like they're going out of their way to, to try to be like, we're doing this as minding the P's and Q's, crossing everything off, like making a list, going down, trying to do this as thoroughly and, you know, by the books as we can with this training camp when we all know it's not a real typical training camp. It's much, much different than what we're, we've grown accustomed to. Um, and because that, it is really interesting that there is a little bit of doubt uh, you know, over whether or not someone like Brett Howden makes this team and what that means. Like, also, we should be, I think we should be a little clear when we say things like makes this team. We should like a regular fixture in the roster out of camp because there's going to be the taxi squad and, you know, uh, in all likelihood, if someone like a Brett Howden doesn't make the, you know, the opening night roster, what have you, he'll be in the taxi squad. Um, but it it is interesting to me that someone like, um, you know, you look at what Jesper Fast leaving the team means, and I think that the Rangers are looking at some of those guys. Um, you know, they're looking at guys who can kind of be a budget Jesper Faust in some ways, like, uh, Kevin Rooney, um, you know, and to some extent, you know, Colin Blackwell, although I think generally speaking, Rooney's underlying defensive metrics are just better, Um, But, you know, those are guys who are depth defensive centers that are kind of fringe NHLers that can play, you know, a fourth line role. Uh, Rooney did that with the Devils. And you look at that and you say, well, is it really a coincidence, Tom, that those guys are here and they were signed? And that, you know, Morgan Barron really looks like he's going to get a chance, uh, which is great. And it's what the team should do, just like the team absolutely, even with the cap headaches it might create, should give someone like uh keandre miller every possible opportunity to make this team um you know we could get into the whole jack johnson thing but i think it's really interesting to look at the fourth line because i know a lot of people are focused on the defense right now with the news that d'angelo's moved to the left and what that means for the third pair because that is a big story um it's a really really big story especially because Wow, it would really help Jacob Truba's reputation uh, and make him feel better about himself too, maybe if he has a quality defensive partner. And I think having someone like D'Angelo to play with will will help kind of bring out the strengths in Truba's game. Uh, Dom Lushijan wrote a good preview on the Rangers where you know he kind of broke down the fact that, yeah, is not a great puck-moving defenseman. He does a lot of things pretty great, uh, pretty well, I should say. Nothing really great. He's very physical and well-balanced. Like For a big, bruising guy, he has a lot of those offensive upside things you look for. And I think having someone who's has really good vision, like a D'Angelo, will go a long way in t- terms of like tapping into Trua's offense and his potential. It'll go a lot further than, let's say, uh, Lieber Hayek will. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting to me, though, to look at what that fourth line is going to be. Uh, when we talked with Greg, he pointed out that someone you know, who could make some noise on special teams and meaning really the penalty kill could really carve out a role for himself and challenge for a roster spot because there is a big hole to fill, uh, with Jesper Foss And you, if you're the Rangers, you have all these kids, right? Especially in the bottom six, think of how many kids are in the bottom six. How many of those young forwards do you trust on the penalty kill right now? It's a little dicey, right? Like, Yeah, you don't want to throw any of them out there to the wolves and especially if (laughs) Jacques Martin is really optimistic about Jack Johnson and how he could help the Rangers penalty kill, which apparently Tom, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Vince Mercogliano was tweeted uh, that the Rangers are really optimistic and confident about the trend in the defense uh, and they felt that in the last 20 to 30 games of the season, they were top 10 in the league in defensive metrics.
1: Do they also have a bridge in Brooklyn there they can sell me?
0: Yeah. Um it is something that I, I know I was already just rambling but it is really interesting to me that we come to this impasse when we talk about the uh the da- the, the gap in data uh between what's available to the public thanks to sites like evolving wild and natural stat trick which are both tremendous and awesome um and what teams have behind uh, lock and keep because data is incredibly valuable and every professional sports team that takes uh, data and the analysis of it seriously is doing themselves a favor because that's, that's a, there's a science to things and you can understand and predict outcomes you can look for certain things you can develop team tactics better you can do so many things with analytics um it makes it really makes me wonder, Tom, how big that gap is between what's there for the public and what's there for teams in terms of a private resource, uh, or if they have a deal with like a company like Sports Logic, for example, and how much different things like you know just the story that we might see from uh, in the Rangers case. You know, the Rangers feel really good about being a team that creates good scoring chances. They, they never really out chance teams or out shoot them or out possess them, but they're a very good team in terms of scoring chances. And that seems to be something they care about yet. They're also in the bottom 10 of the league in terms of the scoring chances against. So it was interesting to me that they seem to put a spotlight on, look how good we are at creating these scoring chances offensively. And then they talk about being the top 10 defensive metrics, but the public data we have points to the fact that, like when it comes to high danger, core C four, uh, expected goals against, uh, you know, scoring chances against, all those rate statistics, the Rangers are not good <laughs> at those things at all. So even, especially, I, I looked at the data, especially in the last twenty to thirty games, things were trending up. I should point out, uh, but not by a ton. Like not by enough where you'd be like, oh, this this ship's turning around. Um, it's interesting to me, to say the least. Um, and it is something I'm sure we're gonna end up talking a lot about with Jacques Martin and looking at the the big shakeup in terms of the defense and maybe having another couple kids in the defense, like someone like Keandre Miller.
1: That would be nice, just have Keandre Miller on the team and uh someone who it's a fresh look and it's again a bit of here's the future, a little sooner than we thought. Um, but better than uh, pretty much everything else they've deployed over the the past few seasons.
0: Yeah, especially because you'll you'll deploy them and have them on the ice with the uh, serving the purpose of developing them. Because uh, the other bit of news that happened just before we hopped on uh, uh, blue shirts breakaway was uh, the AHL. Tom and the divisions and a couple teams opted out and the Hartford Wolfpack are in a division with two other hockey teams.
1: Yeah. It's weird because like I look at the alignment and after it came out, I think, uh, let me see if I got this right. So um, they tweeted something out like the effect of more information specific to the Wolfpack is still being finalized, determined and will be released soon. Um, but it's crazy. Cause like, it's almost like on a sliding scale, the way this chart goes, it's like you have the Pacific. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams. And then it yeah. goes to the central and then like Canadian division is four teams and the Atlantic, three teams, Bridgeport, Hartford, Providence.
0: It's crazy. <laughs> um, it, it's the things like this where, like any other year we'd look at this and be like, what the hell's going on? But because of pandemic and sports, we look at this and we're like, oh, this is what we're left with. Um, You know, this is what we have to kind of make do with. Uh, it's, you know, like what's for dinner tonight? It's leftovers. And it's like, oh, what do we have? And we're having tacos and hamburgers and, you know, half of a corn on the cob. Uh, I don't know. It's so bizarre to me that that looks like, like you said, Details are still being ironed out, especially uh, related to the wolf pack, but that is just utterly batshit to me. But, um, I don't know. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about in regards to the storylines that have emerged out of camp?
1: Um, nothing particular because it's just been a, you know, it's not, there's not been much camp really. Like, uh, I think one thing we didn't really talk too, um, much about was that, um, like Zibanejet hasn't skated yet. And like, I've not seen anything firm on it, but I feel like I saw somewhere that he's still quarantining because he got to New York a little later than he thought, but the team's not really said anything. And then of course we have all the reporters saying that, uh, you know, during the season, you know, the protocols still, you know, they're not going to talk about like COVID related things. Um, but for now, I wouldn't say much. Well, maybe you know next week we'll have a little more information sure. just on everything.
0: I wanted to ask you a question. It's something we are planning some preview content of at Blue Shirt Banner, as you might expect. I wanted to ask you. We know the length of the season. We know what the modern trend is in the NHL in terms of goalie platoons, and you would imagine that. Teams have even more of an incentive than usual to kind of go with a platoon based on how this is a crazy, like crazy mad dash through this season. How many games is Igor Shosturkin going to start? Because like looking at trying to develop like preview content for the Rangers, I think like there's so many goddamn stories with this team, which is great for us because there's no shortage of, of ideas to explore but oh a lot of people feel like yeah like igor was so great last season and he lived up to the hype which is crazy for a young goalie to do because that stuff just doesn't really happen very often and you look at the rangers they still have georgiev which is great uh especially in light of everything that's developed since those you know a couple of years ago when we started thinking about the rangers moving on from georgiev and what what that could mean but I'm really curious how many games Igor starts, and if this remains something of a one A one B thing, because we're transitioning away from that weird three headed monster situation. Um, and you know, in in light of everything that's happening <laughs> heading into this season, it's almost like people are overlooking the fact that, like, oh yeah, Igor is still like a rookie; <laughs> he's still, you know, a baby pretty much. And uh, it's weird to think of how much is going to be asked of him because, you know, georgia has been around a while now, you know, he's, you wouldn't exactly call him a veteran, but he's an established NHL goaltender. And I wonder if someone like, like if Igor stumbles a bit out of the, out of the gates, is it going to be like, all right, well, we'll just transition and and figure things out. Uh, Like I, I keep trying to think of like doing an over and under and, trying to put a number on what would be an impressive number of starts, but it's hard because of the schedule, right?
1: So I think this schedule presents a unique opportunity and also a challenge in some respects on how teams will handle goaltending because it's, it's a situation that, and I I talked briefly a bit and I really didn't explain it in too much detail. Um, on the show we did with uh, Ryan and Greg, that you have this baseball-like schedule. um, And, like, I don't know how many people listening to this podcast are avid baseball fans or not. um, But when you, you have, like, a typical baseball schedule where you might play three games, you know, in a row, or some series have four, you might have certain matchups that you're looking to avoid. So, hypothetically, okay, this team has three lefty starters in the rotation and the way our lineup is constructed that we just have you know some guys who struggle to hit lefties so we're going to give this look in games 1 2 and 3 or you know this guy's okay at hitting lefties better against righties we're going to shift him up down in the order um in the playoffs we see this where you're playing the same team over and over that you have to make all of these adjustments because it's really easy yeah. to you you have a game plan and you try and execute it, but if you're trying to move the puck up the ice, right, they just know, okay, we're gonna look for this look, this forward's gonna be waiting around the dots, or they're gonna rim it around the boards and trying to bring it up this side or whatever. Um in the case of goalies, it's about repetition, it's about playing, it's about feeling the puck and you could be in a situation where you're playing the penguins three out of four. And if there's something that they're seeing in Igor and they're exploiting it, it's okay. We're now going to, we're going to ride Georgie for a little bit. And then at the same time, if they then see something in Georgie, it's going to be hard because it's then like, okay, who, who do you want to like what's the lesser of two evils to an extent um but i think from a development from a getting ready for nhl action perspective like this is this is great for Igor because uh i think it was i think it was in may or june of 2019 i wrote a piece looking at Igor and okay, what are some goalies that are sort of like him in the sense of goalies that were in the KHL goalies that played in Europe overseas, like not, you know, NCAA, not CHL. How did they come over and how were they utilized? And I think it was Rask. It was Vasilevsky. It was Bobrovsky. Um, a couple other guys, uh, Freddie Anderson was another. And, the common theme was trying to find a rhythm and not pushing too hard. And the best the the best example I can give of of pushing too hard in the wrong direction was Vasilevsky, where they tried to bring him along slowly. They had him be the starter for a season in the AHL. I believe he started another season in the AHL, and then they brought him up. But he went on record of saying, "Is like." You know, I'm really tired. Like I'm, I've like hit a wall. I have this fatigue. Like I'm not used to this. And obviously, you know, we bring forward all of these years. And he was a rock in the the recent Stanley Cup final and playoffs, and wins a cup. And you know, no worse for wear. So long way and meandering way of getting to your question. Um, I think that Igor is going to be the guy from the get go but you're going to see i want to say maybe it's like a i don't want to say like 30 26 because i feel like that would be too much of a tandem maybe it's a 35 um you know for for igor um and who knows there might be a situation where they roll in like a third goalie who cause they
0: yeah cuz you can you can carry a whole shitload of goalies
1: yeah, and if if that one particularly is Kincaid, who has NHL experience, then you could see um, a completely different formula. But um, long story short, and you know to get more direct to the point, uh, I think it's Igor's net um, for the get go, and then they just uh, they they see what happens.
0: I agree with you, though. That is something they should be mindful of in terms of they don't want to burn. Igor out uh, I think there's a lot of like even if he looks great rest him <laughs> like, I know that the team just absolutely jumped onto his shoulders when he looked as good as he looked right out of the gate and it's like alright here we go Henrik Lundqvist too but um, it, it is like a storyline that I don't think a lot of people are talking about is what Igor is going to do in this you know his second season and um, I'm really curious about How, what his usage is going to look like. And, um, you know, and that's even outside of considering all the weird dynamics of, of the schedule as it is and everything else. Like you mentioned, being able to carry extra goalies with Keith Kincaid, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, it's crazy to think we're, we're right up against the season now. Um, and, you know, we know we're going to dive more into things next time around, but, um, that was the other big thing I was looking forward to asking you. Um, you know, we can really I know we, we were hoping to get Adam on soon to talk about world juniors. Um, so we'll we'll refrain from comment on that as well because we had a couple of Rangers prospects um play and even tonight I think uh Braden Schneider scored a goal, so that was fun. But yeah. Um, was there anything else we wanted to dig into this week, Tom, or we want to keep it nice and short?
1: Yeah, I think we keep it nice and short. Um, I know like we've been talking a little bit offline of how we may want to, um, approach the season, whether it's a situation where, because a lot of it is, again, it's going to be dictated by the schedule and yeah. when they're playing and we want to stay current.
0: There's um, no late games. We should mention all the games yeah. are pretty early.
1: Although it will, I people will be denied by my stellar blue shirts after dark, uh, you know, content <laughs> on Twitter, um, you know. But I'll maybe I'll have some spicy tweets that are, you know, still, uh, you know, would would fit that criteria. But um, I think, yeah. But before we go, I just want to put in a brief spot for uh, so an ad so that we can pay the bills, and now uh, we'll be right back. Just like that, uh, you listen to some form of advertisements. i Hope they were something. That's that, a
0: quality product.
1: Yeah, I hope it was something of use for you. Um, if it was an ad for another podcast on, uh, you know, the SB Nation network, you know, cool. Um, but a quality product. A quality product. That that's just how we should we should do it. Every. I day.
0: remember back in the day throwing ball outside in the yard with my paw and he told me about insert product name
1: yeah it was uh you know it was made the right way and it just had that perfect you know feel and it was a real quality product
0: quality product (laughs) i think i've already ruined this bit
1: no well well, it's fine um but speaking of not ruining things um thank you to all our lovely patrons who continually support us uh it really means a lot we understand that things are tough we understand holy uh, hell
0: thank you everyone yeah
1: yeah it's you know we say this all the time and you know we mean it every time we say it we get it um you know those who have to adjust those who have to drop off anything you give us is greatly appreciated. Um, we do this podcast because we, we love the Rangers. I, I love talking to Mike. Um, it's, it's a good cathartic way. Cause like sometimes you have thoughts and you can tweet something out, but it like, it's just literally putting a bunch of numbers and letters into a void. But when you can actually speak something, um, you can feel it like, Oh, I got this off my chest. That's really cool. And, uh, you all really help put this together and supporting us is great. Um, A Six Foot Gap, Adam Nahoik, Gain Kaspar, Amriel Kissner, Andrew Chicagoff, Andy White, Anthony Viola, Beezer, Ben Pierney, Bjarner Osterheim. Bob Kawa, Bobby Callahan, Captain America, Chris Abibi, Chris Lucas, Chris Marco Trigiano, Clark Carroll, Daniel DeZend, Frank Menino, George Lippman, Jamie Bussell, Jason Silverman, Jeff Owen, Jermaine Francis, John Prezopelski, John Reppy, Jordan Sison, Justin Waltz, Keith Franchillo, Kevin Mead, Kush Tastic, Kyle Napolitano, Matt Bader, Matt Pumple, Matthias Olsen, Michael Kenick, Michael Marcus, Michael Silvers, Nikolai Hoffman, Panarin 2020, Patrick Landl, Perennial Powerhouse, Sammy Vogel, Seinberg, Sean, Stieg Bjelback, Stink Fleman, Tall Guy Rob, the Tin Man, Tori from Manhattan, Trevor Kempner. Uh, thanks again. Um, if you are someone that's not a Patreon subscriber, um, and you you know you want to you know help su- support the podcast, great. You can uh, look in the show notes. Um, if you are um, listening on iTunes, you know you just click uh, in the details and you scroll down. You'll see you know information about the 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 Patreon, you know, links to my Twitter feed, Mike's, and when we do have guests, um, if you're, you know, listening through Megaphone, um, you should be able to access that too. Uh, But if you ever have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to one of us on Twitter. Um, But yeah, thank you for all your support, and we we really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, there's no show without you guys. We say it all the time, but we do want to make sure we say it before things kind of kick off again, because... We know just like you, we've been starving for NHL hockey. And, um, I'm so glad it's here. I'm nervous still that it's going to be taken away from us because of, uh, the realities of the pandemic. But let's be optimistic, Tom. Um, they pulled off the bubble. Let's hope they can pull this off. Um, I hope. Like all hell, it's a, it's a great year, uh, a great year for the site, a great year for the podcast. And more importantly, I hope it's a great year for all of our listeners, everyone who clicks on our articles, reads, reads what we do, um, you know, tunes into the podcast, tells, tells people about what we do. We appreciate it so much. Be safe this year. Um, for goodness sake, stay healthy, wash your hands, still wear a mask, do all the things we need to do. And, uh. The sooner we do all those things as a collective, the sooner we can get back to something that looks like normal. I hope that's soon, but maybe a little bit of ranger talkie will help us all feel a little closer to normal, and that sure would be nice.
1: Agreed. And um, also, one last note: um, thank you, also. Uh, everyone who has also sent notes um, to either Mike or myself um, on some of the interviews we've done, uh, Mike shared a few with me, um,
0: and we we appreciate yeah. the
1: comments, the feedback, the you know the nice kind things. words. Nice things. When you
0: say nice things to me, it makes me feel good. Everybody it gives me the feel goodies. Sometimes we need a little feel goodies to get through the day.
1: Yeah, and and when Mike will be like, "Hey, M- hey, I got a message," and then sometimes it's like, "Oh." I wonder what this message is, and then I read it, and it's like, wow, this like made my morning or made my afternoon. Um, Because it's a lot of these comments, it's it's like lengthy. Like people are going in depth. It's not just like, hey, I I really like this podcast. Which you know, those
0: little notes are great too. They're taking a couple minutes to say they appreciate the show, and goodness, Mm -hmm. that's nice.
1: It makes us feel good. Um, Like I appreciate our patrons, Mike. I appreciate you. Um, Good to be talking to you you again. And uh be well and I will talk to you offline but thanks again everyone for listening we will uh, Happy
0: new year Happy new year
1: talk to you next week be well bye bye